Chapter 24 Birthright Inquisitor, we have it marked on our tactical. We're two minutes out. Copied, squad leader. Locke, what are we looking at? Cam, we don't know yet. It still seems to be growing in strength. At least it won't be able to hide. I think I can feel it from here. Is it a demon host or demon? What do your readings tell us? We're still waiting for them to stabilize. You better let the Reaver squad soften it up. Lock, it's happening. Deploy the heavy weapon squad and seal the underhive. I can sense the demon's birth from here. Copied. Han. Cam, please repeat. You cut out. Connection terminated. As the wardens were losing their minds, trying to withstand the agony of the raging conflagration, Stevie found her crate through the rapidly fading void bubble. Hers was special. It created its own empty space for ten yards in every direction, blowing out the doors and throwing pieces of burning acolytes outward into the room, along with one incredibly surprised and pissed-off demon host. The wave of heat that washed over us at the far end was followed by a howl that none of us would ever forget. I screamed, Everyone, get the feth out now, go! Stevie cut a path through the flames to the door, leading List and Bree to safety. Luna stopped short of the opening and spun, placing herself as the new cork in the burning bottle. Buying the Astartes time to get here, she fired off round after round into anything that moved until her hell gun ran dry. I dragged her out the door and pulled her down the dimly lit avenue. Our job was complete. With the wardens all down, the signal to the Inquisition had been sent. I hoped that they realized what it meant. I certainly didn't. Up ahead, still unseen, the pounding vibration of heavy-soled boots signaled the approach of our reinforcements. I caught Luna's arm and ducked into a side alleyway. Let's wait here. Tucked in behind a refuse duct, I launched my astral body and headed back to the Baron's Hall. I needed to see the end of Lady Han. In the middle of the room, something stirred. It wasn't a warp witch, not even close. It crawled at first, or slithered, blinking in and out of existence, and thankfully it moved away from the smoky doorway, utterly complacent in its new home. On the far side of the room, nine comatose bodies remained. Make that eight. Somehow the creature's mouth opened wide enough to consume one of the fallen fates in two gulps, and then another and another. It devoured the fallen men in seconds. With every bite it grew physically larger, and the corruption it absorbed acted like a catalyst for its aura, layering on newer, stronger hues. To me, the creature looked like a cross between a fire salamander and a human cadaver, but three times the size of any that I knew. Each leg of the beast was as tall as a man. Like the Grave Dancer, Han was a psychic wound, one that leaked into everything around it. Its bleak presence filled the temple beneath the unwavering gaze of the Emperor. In the hallway outside, the tromp of boots and the cycling of weapons added their vibration to the scene. I moved upward, hugging the ceiling as the Shadow Legion arrived with a concentrated stream of bolter fire. Forming a shallow arc in front of the door, they became the bottle's cork. Banisher Chimera Stone followed them in, screaming out the creature's name. Han! At first, the warp demon didn't seem to notice. It was too busy finishing the last of its meal to care about the chunks being carved from its hide. Its physical form repaired itself. We'd seen the ability with the wardens and saw it again as the beast stood up and howled. Everything dimmed. It felt as if the hive's power system faltered for dozens of sectors above us. The demon's aura solidified, forming rows of jagged, overlapping scales. The newborn creature strode toward the Shadow Legion contingent in search of its next meal. 
Satchel grenades landed in front of it, jarring the beast and knocking it back, but nothing seemed to make a serious dent in its newly minted psychic armor. The Astartes bolt carbines were far larger than anything I could carry, but even with highly concentrated fire, they were failing to poke through the beast's auric shield. The squad leader took note and barked out new orders. Two warriors ranged forward wielding colossal power swords. Circling in from the sides, each took a different angle and attacked the demon's lower limbs. Banisher Stone advanced, pointing her staff and reading from a gilded tome. I appreciated the soothing vibration of her words as they pushed back the beast's chaotic energy. The warp demon did not. Almost losing its forearm in the process, the demon grabbed one of the two closest Astartes and threw him at the exorcist. List couldn't have done a better job hitting the mark. A thousand pounds of Adeptus Astartes crashed into the banisher, sending both combatants tumbling away. The augmented warrior scrambled to his feet, searching for his sword, but the banisher was down for the count. The warp demon licked its fangs at the sight of another meal and advanced. A flash of blue caught my eye, and suddenly I was back inside my physical form. Feth! Luna shouted. Peric, where are you going? I've got to go back. Wait here. I sprinted as fast as I could, bolstered by the blue, and knew it wouldn't be fast enough. The Astartes were spread out, pouring everything they had into the demon. The noise in the hall was immense. Out in front, List did his best to drag Chimera back through the lines while Bree dodged and fired, claiming the beast's attention. The Astartes seemed impervious to the scene and any wounded before them. Two of their mates were down in the middle of no man's land, with only the Holland pair doing anything to keep them from being consumed by Han. At that moment, I didn't mind being unarmed. Any weapon I could hold wouldn't have been large enough to make a dent in the demon's shield. Bree was planting headshot after headshot into the beast in an attempt to keep it distracted. It worked until one of her two overheated charge packs exploded beneath her armor-infused coat. The result was devastating, and I almost crumpled along with her. Luna screamed from the doorway behind me, calling my name. She waved a pair of metacuffs and pointed to the pallet bot. It was my turn. Whether I faced Lady Hawn or her ugly big brother, I'd come here with the intent of preserving Brienne's life. I was going to be far more than a distraction. I stepped into the path of the demon, making sure it knew the source of its ensuing discomfort. I held my breath and took aim. Knowing that headshots were a thing, I pointed my hand at its left eye and unloaded all the pent-up power stored in my distant glaive. Every shred of pain, raw energy, and obliteration that I'd collected arrived in an instant, rocking the monster's head back. As it staggered, I darted past its nearest leg and pulled at the familiar colors of corruption that bolstered its armor. Dodging in and out, I began siphoning them off. Abruptly, the Astartes' rate of fire began to dwindle. They'd poured everything they had into an impenetrable target without the banisher to strip away its defenses. Their barrels were overheating, and their ammo drums were nearly empty. Luckily, I was only getting started. Taking a trick out of Zax's book, I used my newfound energy to take hold of the warp demon's mind. Well, let's just say that I gave it a tug. In reality, it was like a porcupine trying to wrestle a bear but it worked. It pissed off the bear and stole its attention away from the porcupine's dying girlfriend. Luna maneuvered in with the pallet bot while the warp demon's back was turned. She clamped the metacuffs onto Bree's wrists and began to shift her onto the getaway drone. In a blur, List was there to help. Seconds later, the drone was making a straight line for the door with Brienne's blood running down its side. I dove and rolled away from the demon's wrath. 
With the warp demon distracted, the Shadow Legion warriors drew their power swords and rushed the beast. The adamantium blades began to glow as each weapon's inner core was activated, powering a molecular disruptor. Ever the perfect parasite, I weaved my way through the melee, pulling on more auric threads. The demon's hold on its auric shield was finally weakening, and the onslaught of killing strikes from every side kept it confused and hemmed in. As I circled the room once more, I tripped over a small, highly potent treasure. The last crate of Starfire 69 sat half-filled and forgotten on the floor. Images of List's cannon-like delivery and Bree's broken form collided in my mind. The first missile arrived, flying close to the speed of sound. The kinetic impact temporarily disrupted Han's shield, allowing the jelly to penetrate. Another bottle followed, and another. As the last one hit, I mimicked Stevie and called forth a small flame. I didn't try to steer it or grow it or dance with it around a pole. I simply invited a spark of fire into being on the warp monster's back and watched as the jelly came alive. I followed that up by shunting the burning pain on the monster's back into its eyes. What can I say? I'm a fun guy to have at a party. The demon answered with a roar that shattered all the diamond-coated windows of the temple hall. The glowing face of the emperor disintegrated, showering the sad, empty street outside. The force of the psychic wave staggered me as the demon's long-clawed foot swung in my direction. Back on Terra, tens of thousands of years ago, there lived an incredible array of fauna, including the porcupine and the bear. They're often used in Scola Primaris as examples of successful genetic exportation, and their kind can still be found on numerous worlds throughout the Milky Way galaxy. One beast was large and powerful, the other small and prickly, and I had to believe that if a bear ever stepped in anger on a porcupine, neither side would come out ahead. To make my final point, I planted a gray-cursed dagger up to the hilt in the demon's lower leg as it slammed me into the floor. The Warden's curse devoured Han's remaining shield, as a second squad from Shadow Legion crashed the party with heavy bolters and chainswords. The larger caliber weapons were immediately effective. Not every shot punched through Han's dwindling hide, but the massive round's kinetic energy hurt it nonetheless. When the demon incarnate finally toppled to the plascrete floor, a rave of chainswords and power swords took it completely apart. I'd come through relatively unscathed. I was sure my eardrums could be repaired, and the excruciating pain I experienced was being bundled back into my glaive. Overall, the final result paled in comparison to a plasma bomb, and I was eternally grateful for that. I stood motionless near the doorway, trying to act normal and non-threatening around the Shadow Legion, while they tended their wounded and cleansed the site. More pallet drones had been brought in to remove the bodies. The arrival of Inquisitor Teodoro Locke was the sign of my home city's survival. He was accompanied by Captain Thorin, the Shadow Legion Company commander. Locke seemed to jump at the sight of me. I wasn't sure what he was expecting. But then I remembered my eyes and the fact that I'd completely forgotten to shade them in. I'm sorry, I said. I can't hear a thing. My eardrums ruptured during the fight. Locke nodded and smiled, which I thought was odd. The captain pointed across the room, ignoring me completely, and the two men strode away to better survey the scene. Their feet crunched upon shards of shattered glass, shiny bits of fire red and blue. A short while later, Interrogator Marsden showed up to retrieve Inquisitor Locke. I wanted to ask about Banisher Stone but assumed the news would be kept within the Inquisition. Locke looked suitably concerned as they left, and he waved for me to follow. 
We entered a Medicaid ward within the High Temple grounds in Sector 98A and were shown into Camara Stone's room. She was breathing on her own, and she even sat up when we arrived. For someone that had been crushed half to death, Camara seemed awfully cheerful. She asked me, Did you see it fall? She had to know the answer. I'd felt it too. Shadow Legion took it apart when their second squad arrived. Those heavy bolters made a difference, didn't they? And those firebombs of yours certainly softened it up. And then it hit me. You were there. Of course I wouldn't miss a fight like that. Han is a named and known warp demon. We get bird rights for the kill. What are bird rights? And what do you mean by we? Inquisitor Locke's team will receive a commendation, and the inquisitorial historians will officially record the event in the annals for posterity. The Shadow Legion will get a gold star too, I'm sure. The Astartes didn't flinch. They're hardcore when it comes to doing their duty. Chimera chuckled. I saw you flinch when you lit the bastard up and the demon roared, but don't feel bad. A psychic attack like that kills most men. You've done this before? A few times, but I never thought I'd get to face one like Han. And Lady Han? She ceased to exist when the demon crossed the veil. I imagine we could give you credit for that kill. It was a petite fire breather named Stevie. She pulled the trigger on the charge that finally flattened the warp witch and her wardens. Excuse me. Forgive me if I move a bit slow. I've got a pierced lung and some internal bleeding that needs attention. A Medicaid crew in surgical gowns began working on the boxes positioned around Kamara, disconnecting lines and getting her ready to roll. She slipped out of bed and took a seat on a nearby chair while her body exited the room on its way to surgery. Don't worry, chatting helps pass the time. Did you see anyone come in with you? You mean that little blue fellow that helped me out? His name is Evan, but folks call him List. I think his middle name is Liston. Sounds like Overhive. He is. I couldn't ask what I most desperately wanted to know. His sister was there, too. She your girl or something? Yes, one of those. She came in with me. She's in surgery, shrapnel and a shattered pelvis. Surgery was good. Surgery meant that they hadn't given up on her. Her name is Brienne. Her friends call her Bree. She's as tough as nails when she has to be, and the dearest creature I've ever met. She shot 40 bottles in a row out of midair in order to bring down Lady Han's bubble of protection. The whole exchange occurred in less than 30 seconds. Parrick, why are you telling me this? Because if she survives, she'll need protection and a place to contribute to the greater good. Know anyone that could use someone like her? Kamara nodded. They brought in one more sorry bloke this morning. He's two doors down from me. Why don't you go say hello before things change? Confessor Lewin walked past Kamara's door and I flinched again. Two doors down, there was a far less cordial scene. Confessor Lewin was livid. What do you mean you can't sign the death certificate? You're the attending. I filled in the date and time. A browbeaten doctor did his best to avoid eye contact. Look at the name. You've got the wrong Medicaid ward. And besides, the body's still warm. The body was warm, with its own array of boxes and assisted living machines. The young man was in bad shape, almost as if an enormous warp demon had stepped on him in a fit of rage. I took a seat by his bed, knowing that he was the type of guy you never counted out. 